Hello everyone, this is your Keeper Kenneth, uh, hopping in here at the beginning just because this episode's going to be just a little bit different from normal. So our giveaways ended last week, uh, the hat and pin giveaways on Twitter and Instagram. If you missed out on those, make sure you go and follow us so that you don't miss out on the next one. We'll be doing another one pretty soon, I think. Other news, we recently hit a thousand listens, uh, so thank you for that, but uh, it, we already have hit 1.2 thousand now because uh we experienced a huge spike when we uploaded uh our hub page of the s onto the scp wiki uh it took a long time for me to make and i'm really happy with the way it turned out and a bunch of people started listening to us because of it so to everyone who found that thank you for uh then coming to listen to us and then to everyone who hasn't seen it yet, uh, go check it out. It's where we will be posting the references to different SCPs that we use, uh, crediting them properly, as well as uh, just a summary of each episode as they're released. Big thank you, as always, to Michael Winton for the music. You may be seeing something new from him in the episode today, so keep your ear open for that. We have a new review up on Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's from Toad King 7 uh, Huge thank you to him. We just did a giveaway of his stuff. He runs the uh, SCP FAM radio uh, podcast. So huge thanks to him for hopping on there for that. He uh, was gracious enough to rate us five stars and said it is a fun tabletop romp. Uh, good SCP table action top playing with some popular SCP beings and bringing some new characters and outsiders into the mix. Uh, thank you for your positive review. We appreciate it very much. If you'd like your review read as well, go up to Apple Podcasts and leave us one. I won't take up any more of your time. Uh, just again, this episode's going to be a little bit different, but in a very good way. Uh, I am in love with how it turned out and I can't wait for you all to hear it. So let's see what happened to everyone after they defeated SCP-106. Ned is seated and handcuffed at a table in a dimly lit interrogation room. Above the table, a singular light gently sways overhead. He can hardly see anything and feels dizzy. Ned has seen this in movies. The door gently swings open as an individual enters the chamber. They are very tall, face painted with a rough beard and several battle scars. They are awkwardly sporting a white lab coat, thick pair of glasses and a necklace with a massively bright red gem centered on a large silver medallion. None of these features match the rest of the character of the individual who pulls out a chair and sits before you. They set up a laptop and click a button on the computer to start a recording. Dr. Bright presiding over interrogation of one Ned Roswell of Piedmont, Missouri regarding the actions of himself and his acquaintances taken against uh, SCP-076-1, known as Abel, and SCP-106, the old man, uh, on September 5th? Yep, September 5th, 2017. Additional questioning as to the circumstances that led to Mr. Roswell's connection with SCP-131, uh, known as the iPods. Before we begin, Ned, do you have anything you want to say for yourself that you'd like on the record? Hey, so, uh, so, so this is it, then. Uh, what do you mean? 
this is this is the part where you guys come in and interrogate me and then I'm never heard from again. Well, Ned, if you want it to be that way, then yes, it will be, but oh, well, God. just listen to what I have to say first, I guess. He flips open a manila folder that he brought into the room with him and begins reading off. Ned Roswell, son of Stephen and Angela Roswell, younger sibling to Grace Roswell, and grandson of POI0444-P, a.k.a. Frederick Roswell. I believe he went by Rick. Uh, Attends, and I use that word liberally, attends Clearwater High School, but enrolled would be a more accurate term, as it seems you actually spend very little time in school. You tried to keep your internet activity well hidden with a VPN and other, a few other precautions, but you play so much RuneScape that we were able to directly tie your internet activity uh, to how much time you were on the game. Uh, and yes, before you ask, we can do that. You frequent many conspiracy theory forums, it seems, and uh, you actually have come across some information that you shouldn't have uh, more than once, but our memetic memory wiping solutions took care of that issue uh, pretty promptly for us. Your what? Don't worry about it. We also found you uh, on your person, uh, several pieces of evidence, primarily photographic evidence, taken over the course of the past night that would pose a significant threat to the Foundation's secrecy and public safety. None of this is a, a too pressing of an issue, uh, though really we, well, what I'm more interested in is the fact that you were in possession of two little buddies, as you call them, uh, that were previously contained by us, those being SCP-131-A and B. And on top of that, you managed to find something within SCP-106's pocket dimension that literally no one else ever has, or at least never has come back from the pocket dimension to tell us about. And it's a potential solution. We will look more into uh, a potential expedition into 106's pocket dimension to research this World War I trench that you uh, stated you found, but... Honestly, it's so dangerous to go in there that uh, an expedition is probably impossible. I mean, as you can see, I didn't come out the same. I uh, had to pick a different host. But perhaps most impressively, you survived 106 and successfully returned it to its containment. Most within our organization would see this dossier as threatening. And have you amnesticized, moved to D-class, or... Put it frankly, disposed of. But I'm not most within the foundation, Ned. What I see here, I see opportunity. You have nothing to go back to, and you have a craving for knowledge that will not be satisfied by returning to Piedmont. Would you like a job, Ned? Well, to be honest, Dr. Bright, Everything you've said about me is right. The the school, my folks, my, the RuneScape, and uh, yeah, there was a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, there there sure was. You know, honestly, you probably should have done a little less of that. But 
All things aside, you, you got me pegged pretty good. There, yeah, there ain't a whole lot to go back to. And from what you've told me, uh, considering my, my options here, uh, I might have to take you up on that. That sounds like what I've been wanting to do all my life. I've been searching, looking for the, the weird stuff, and here it is. And here it is. I was really hoping you'd say that, Ned. Particularly because the alternative is not very pleasant, but... Yeah, agreed. Also so that I can show you this. It's heavily redacted, but I think that you'll appreciate it. He uh, slowly slides a, another folder towards you, uh, and it's a, another manila envelope. Uh, you open it up, and first thing on there is a, a non-disclosure agreement probably lots of fine print uh, and fairly hefty thick. But the other thing that is in there is you see a file for one SCP-1000. You can't see a whole lot of it because it's mostly blacked out, but what you can see is a big old picture of Bigfoot. <laughs> I knew it! I always knew it. Dr. Bright smiles, turns out of the room, and lets you do a little bit of research and reading. Next, we're going to fade to Miles. Miles is in his bedroom, seated on the edge of his bed. Mr. Clark is posted up outside the door to his room, and you've been told to wait in your room until your mother could return. Probably about uh, half an hour or so passes before your mother's voice uh, can be heard murmuring outside the door, and Mr. Clark walks off. You briefly hear a deep sigh come from your mother before she enters the room. She sits on the edge of the bed and uh, pulls you next to her. How, how are my friends? Oh, they're okay, sweetie. Um, I... Talked with Bright for a while. It took a bit of convincing, but I think we've come up with something that uh, we can both agree on. I think you'll actually be seeing more of them. Really? If that, everything goes as planned, yes. That's awesome. Please. Wait, how? Why? I thought I thought they were going to get kicked out, and their I don't know their memories wiped, or I don't I I didn't have a lot of hope for them. Well, um, that is normally what we do, but we're, we're hoping to change some things. Miles, I, I, th I thought I lost you. I'm, and I'm so sorry for everything. I, I did not prepare you well enough for s if something like this happened. I, I haven't told you enough of the severity, danger, importance of my work. I, you're, you're a very smart boy, and I know that you're able to figure a lot of that out on your own, and you've probably known deep down for a while why I have to do what I have to do, but here's the thing. Dr. Dr. Bright has come up with an idea. Um, we want to 
restart a program that we tried years ago. We plan to hold a seminar later uh, and explain a little bit more about what the foundation is and what we do. Um, and I think it's well enough past your past the time where I need to bring you in on some of this and, and let you know what's going on. You're living here and you're in just as much danger as any other employee around here. So I, I believe you're old enough and smart enough to start to learn. I mean, yeah, I, I'm not going to lie. The last 24 hours or so have been pretty eye-opening. I found out you're in charge here. Yeah, um, I, I am. I've been running this facility for quite a while now. Um, I just thought you worked here. I didn't know. I, I'm sorry if I ever wasted your time. I, I didn't know you had so much important stuff to be doing. Oh, oh, sweetie, you're you are the most important thing to me. I can sacrifice whatever of my spare time I have to spend with you. That's Never worry about that, okay? Okay, thanks, Mom. So, I feel like I already know the answer to this, but would you be willing to go to this seminar with me? Yeah, that sounds great. Are my friends going to be there? Yes, uh, as long as they accept the offers that we pose to them, they, they should be. Oh, I hope they accept. That'd be great. I'd love to see them today. I want to tell them, I want to catch up with them, see what they've been up to. I want to show them my baseball cards. I didn't get to show them those before. Okay, well, maybe maybe uh, leave leave them in the room for now. You can show them after after the seminar. How about that? Mm, okay. You you can bring you can bring your Yadier Molina cards. Just just okay. two of them. Okay. Great. That should be enough. All right. I do want to tell you. I mean. I feel like I may be robbing some of your innocence by bringing you into this, but then again, I believe you lost a lot of that this evening anyway, so... No, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm still innocent. Yeah, okay. I, I swear I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't hurt anybody. I know. But, well, to give you a short preview, I at least want to tell you what SCP means. Or at least what it means to me. SCP stands for Secure, Contain, Protect. You've probably heard that tonight already, but it also stands for Special Containment Procedures. Uh, and that is actually what the number designation is for. SCP-106 is not referring to the monster, actually. It's referring to the 106 Special Containment Procedure that we have. Dr. Bright and I are trying to find something beyond these three tenets of securing, containing, and protecting. Dr. Bright is an SCP, or at least the necklace that you likely saw around his neck is one, but as you can see, he's managed to become much more than just a number. And... I think that your friends have a very realistic chance of doing the same, despite their anomalous abilities. So I, well, Dr. Bright and I both want to add a fourth tenant. She 
uh, points to the logo on your SCP logo t-shirt. Um, and it's the logo of the SCP Foundation is normally a uh, vague vault shape with three arrows that are pointing inwards to the center of the vault door. This symbolizes the locking up of different anomalies, as well as the three tenants. But on your shirt, there are four arrows, and she explains this to you. My desire is to secure a future in which you can live safely and happily. I want to secure that future. I want to contain the entities that would seek to destroy that future. And I want to protect those who cannot protect themselves. But what I want to do beyond that, the fourth tenet that I want to help make real, help make a reality, I want to integrate. I want to integrate symp sympathetic anomalies and entities, SCPs, through equality. You made some incredible friends tonight. And I intend to craft a future where they will remain your friends and not just another number. Whew. <sighs> that's... I... That's great, Mom. I'm... I'm proud of you for... I know it can't be hard to run this place, and I know a lot of people probably expect a lot out of you, but I, I think you're doing the right thing. I mean, I know... My friends are good people, and I'm sure there are folks like them out there that they need a champion like you. So thank well, you. I sure hope we're right, because we're definitely putting everything on the line here. Um, anyway, I will come back and get you when we're about to start the seminar, okay? Uh, you can lay down and rest for a while. You've been up literally all night. Uh and it's way past your bedtime. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll uh, take a nap and just uh, wait for your word. <laughs> okay. I'll see you soon, sweetie. As she leaves the room, I pull my baseball cards out from under my pillow and start sorting them so I can show all my friends later. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, we're going to transition to Ben. Ben, you have been set up in an interrogation room similar to the one that Ned was placed within. You're handcuffed to a table, and uh, before you there is also an extremely thick bulletproof glass that is also likely fireproof that separates you and the opposite end of the table and the opposite end of the room. And at the opposite end of the room, a door slowly opens and Lucas pokes his head around the edge of the door. Ah, hey, Ben, um, Dr. Bright and Dr. Miller are uh, a bit busy interviewing your friends at the moment, so I, I thought I'd keep you a little company in the meantime, if that's okay. Uh, yeah, I guess. Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, no problem. Um, wow, that is some thick glass. Sure is. He slowly runs his fingers uh, along the glass and doesn't really make eye contact with you. Well, if this is here, I guess I don't really need to keep lying, huh? What? The opportunity for you to 
trust me, was kind of taken away by Dr. Bright. <laughs> I... I guess you also really don't have a reason to trust me now, either, huh? Yeah, it's, uh... Things are... kind of weird. Look, I... I had no intention of killing the sheriff or Mr. Clark, really. I mean, I could easily save them both, if you really think about it. I was trying to show you the decisions that the Foundation forces on us. On people like you and me. Mr. Clark was taking the sheriff to place her in the femur breaker that I showed you. That thing is designed to create as much pain as possible and broadcast it throughout the site in order to draw that thing to it. It sacrifices a person, but not just sacrifices them to it, but makes them suffer as much as possible in the process. And Mr. Clark had every intention of putting her in there, but what he didn't realize, what he didn't realize was that was really me. So I flipped the tables on him. As the voice changes to the sheriff's, you see the figure before you shift briefly from Lucas to the sheriff and back to Lucas. My question for you, Ben, is why does the Foundation get to choose who lives, who dies, who suffers, when they aren't willing to put their own lives on the line? I'll leave you to think on that question and leave you with a warning. The Foundation does not protect humanity. They protect themselves. Why are you telling me all of this? Because there's no one else to tell. I, I knew that eventually the Foundation was going to find you. And they did. I just made sure I was the one to find you first. He then opens a rift and steps back through it and is gone. Then the door to the room opens again and Lucas steps through and this is probably the real Lucas. Ah, hey, uh, Ben, Dr. Bright and Dr. Miller are a bit busy interviewing your friends at the moment, so uh, I yeah. thought I'd keep you some company in the meantime. Yeah, okay. What? Is everything okay? Did, did something happen? Uh, uh, n nothing. Nothing. It's not important. Oh, okay. Um, are you, are you sure? You don't, you look like you've seen a ghost. Yeah, I might have. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Look, I, I get it. It's, don't worry about it. I wanted to say about the whole blasting me with fire thing. I, it's it's cool. Um, I mean, obviously I'm fine now, but uh, don't don't sweat it too much. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh sorry again. I I 
I can't always control it. Really? That's interesting. Um, do you do you want to talk about your powers? I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to pressure you. Obviously, like I, I guess I work for the foundation, so I'm supposed to pry for this type of stuff. But yeah, if you're if you don't want to talk about it, you don't you don't have to. Should I call my lawyer first? <laughs> I uh, I won't hold it too much against you. I guess. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah. No, no. You don't. You don't need. A, you don't need a lawyer. I'll, uh, I'll pinky promise it. I, I won't, oh, uh, glass, right. It, no, I'll, I'll, I won't tell anyone. Okay. I, I trust you. Oh, well, I, I trust you. <laughs> well, do you want to talk about it? Uh, or, I mean. I mean, I could talk about all of my anonymous uh, but I, I mean, <laughs> don't actually have any of those. So. Uh, I mean, what do you want to know? I mean. Why is it 8-bit? That's so weird. Like, the, it looks cool. Like, I mean, that's 90% of the reason I'm I'm cool with it, you know, like, that you accidentally blasted me a little bit. But, yeah, no, it, it looks kick-ass, man. It's like, it looks uh, like what, uh, which, which, which one is the, like, the Donkey Kong country generation? Donkey Kong country, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I, you know, I... This is going to sound crazy, but I, it was a haunted video game? Eh, I've heard crazier. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't. Did you see what happened tonight? Like, that, that sounds pretty uh, typical for what the, the Foundation sees, at least. Uh, yeah, I mean, it all... You know, I, I, of course, I, I wasn't born with it or anything. I, I'm human or whatever, but I. Oh yeah, I mean, like ninety percent of the things that walk in here it used to be human. <laughs> oh, sorry, no, that I didn't mean that as like a, you're gonna become a monster. No, I mean. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. Uh, I mean, it was just my friend showed me this flash drive and told me it was haunted and I uh I wanted to see for myself and I plugged it into my computer and all of a sudden the screen starts glitching and malfunctioning and when I was trying to pull it out I just saw this this mass of angry that's the only way I can explain it angry looking pixels on the screen and I I ripped it out and I I don't I don't even really know what happened after that. I I I think I was electrocuted. I I definitely blacked out for I don't know how long, but when I woke up my room was on fire and there were people screaming outside and I I just felt I felt different. I I was angrier and I was more paranoid and I it felt like a part of my soul was ripped out of my body. And I don't know what you mean about not being human, but I think there's a part of me that might not be. Well, 
in that case, why don't we try to find that piece of humanity you lost? <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, if you look at Dr. Bright, like, whatever he is, he's an SCP, basically. I mean, he's he's a, one of the good guys. Like, not everyone winds up like Abel or whatever the hell 106 is. Really? You just kind of keep doing your best to stay as Ben. Huh. At this point, you hear uh, a slight knock on the door. and The gruff new face of Dr. Bright sticks in through the door and says, uh, Hey, Lucas, uh, thanks for watching over the patient here. Uh, you can go ahead and move on. I'll uh, do conduct the interview now. Ah, yeah. Uh, it's good talking to you, Ben. Yeah, good. Good talking to you. He leaves the room, and then Dr. Bright comes in and uh, sits down in the chair in front of you. Uh, Dr. Bright conducts a similar interview process to that of what he did with Ned. He lays out your history growing up in Piedmont, your attendance at uh, Southeast Missouri. Uh, he even knows about your crush, Ricky. Uh, then mentions that you dropped out, moved back to Piedmont, found an isolated single-person home, uh, and just kind of stayed on your own for a while. Now, if I had to put money on your anomalous properties, I would uh, place my bets on college right before you dropped out. Is, is that right? Uh, yeah. All right, good. Then uh, I won't have to change up this draft too much then. He, uh, through a small opening, uh, flips open between the dividing and the glass, uh, slides a manila folder to you. Go ahead and open it. On the inside, uh, there is a draft of a new SCP. Uh, replaced in the number designation is just uh, the word pending. And the special containment procedures are listed as a standard humanoid containment cell pending changes following testing on the subject. The description of the anomaly mentions the SCP pending-1 as uh, the individual previously known as Benjamin Dreyer. And the SCP-2 is the uh, 16 or 8-bit magic uh, thing that has come to possess you that has been shown to display uh, fire, wind, and angry eyebrows that the Foundation employees have been able to observe. Uh, there are several testing suggestions below that are currently all blacked out. Now, I know that that seems very threatening, but the thing is, that's just the procedure that we have to follow here. You've not taken any actions against our people as far as I know, and I'm a firm believer that anomalous people should get a chance to prove themselves. As he says this, there's a small glint off of the medallion on the end of his necklace. I'd like to form an experimental team. Their purpose is to contain hard-to-contain anomalies. And it seems a team has fallen at my feet before I even got the chance to start looking. Anomalies are getting harder and harder to contain, so we need all the help we can get. 
I highly encourage you to accept my offer and I'll make sure that that draft stays as a draft. So what you're saying is I really don't have a choice. No, you do. There are ways to work your way up through the inside. They're mostly more unpleasant, but maybe this will help. He slides another form through the slot. Uh, You open it up. You see uh, the document for SCP-963. And you see uh, the picture of the medallion that is on Dr. Bright's neck. Briefly looking over it, you can see that uh, essentially Dr. Bright is able to come into new bodies as the medallion is placed on whichever body that he switches to. I am SCP-963, and anytime someone calls me that number, I get a little bit upset about it. I'm not just a number, and neither are you then you have a golden opportunity here. If any other mobile task force or other site director found you at any point, and trust me, they would have eventually, you'd already be in containment and there wouldn't be a draft SCP for you. There would be an official number. I would know because I became one right off the bat. But I'm trying to make it so that that doesn't happen to every anomalous person that comes in our front door. I want I want to give you a chance. I want to give everyone I can a chance to not become a, just another number in this insane world. I want you to think on it, okay? I, I'll be honest, we've not made the greatest decisions with who becomes an SCP and who doesn't in the past. We've made our mistakes. We're human. And I just want to make sure that we do something to, if not make up for the mistakes, just take a step in the right direction. So just think on it. Yeah. I'll come back to get your answer later. He steps out of the room, um, and if you look closely enough at the glass, you can see that the fake Lucas was writing something on the glass. If you get up and look closely enough, you can see it was a series of four numbers. You're not able to make out what the last one is, but the first three digits are two, seven, and five. What you know about the SCP Foundation, you assume that may be an SCP number. Anyas's situation is a little bit different. Uh, Anyas was not brought to a interview room or a uh, interrogation chamber with a swaying light overhead. Agnes was just brought to a lounge-type area by Dr. Miller. Dr. Miller sets you down uh, in on a, a couch that's in the lounge area here and just begins saying, Agnes, you're, you're a half-harpy, um, and your people are under our protection. 
Dr. Bright and I will return you to your people, if that's what you wish. But, um, Bright and I are working on something that you and the others would be perfect for. Could you wait just for a little while while I work out some of the details with them and, and talk with your new friends? Sure. Okay, cool. If you'd like a drink, uh, you can get anything from the vending machine here. Uh, just type whatever you want and you'll get it. Just uh, just don't put anything weird, okay? Um, I'll be I'll be back soon. Oh, and really, thank you. Thank you for protecting Miles. She uh, gets up and heads out the door. All right, uh, Anya gets up, heads toward the vending machine, and proceeds to buy, like, every single thing because she's a greedy motherfucker. Okay, well, I need to know what the first thing is. What's in there? There is not a typical vending machine, uh, like, button layout where you can press the thing that's in it that you want. Uh, there's just a generic display on the front that doesn't actually have like specific brands of drinks in it. There is just a keyboard. Uh, so there's no visible snacks on like the display of the vending machine? Uh, it looks like it only vends liquids and there's just a keyboard. Very unorthodox. Yes, I know. But like, do these liquids have numbers? Like, how how am I supposed to determine what to get? She told you to just enter whatever you want. So uh, if you want to type something in. Four. You enter the number four and hit enter. Um, and it just says uh, out of range. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Oh, this is the hardest puzzle you've thrown at me, Keeper Ken. You, you, you don't have to get anything, and you could take some time to think about it if you'd like. What would a what would a harpy, a half harpy, want to drink? What would a I half mean, you don't get harpy? into town too often, so you may not get to have like sodas or anything that often. Hmm. I believe Agnes is a big lemonade fan, so let's uh let's try to type in raspberry lemonade. Okay. Cool. Uh. Yeah, you enter raspberry lemonade and a sweet uh, reddish-yellowish-tinted drink uh, comes out. You you take a drink from it, and it's the best raspberry lemonade that you've ever had. Oh, by the way, it dispenses out uh, a styrofoam, a white styrofoam cup, and the liquid just pours from the machine rather than uh, dispensing a, a bottle of something. Ooh, fancy. All right, Anya's is satisfied. Ah, uh, wondrous technology, isn't it? Not as wondrous as a half harpy, though, wouldn't you say, Miss Anya's? The voice is coming from your left. I suppose. Do you turn to look at the individual? Sure, slowly turn around to look at the individual. Behind you stands a tall, sickly thin individual. He looks human, but every fiber of your being is telling you that this thing is far from human. Dressed head to toe in a crimson red, he is wearing a ringmaster outfit, being a suit with an elongated jacket, bright red dress shoes, and even the ridiculous top hat that sits on top of his head is an obnoxious red. I do not think we've been properly introduced, my dear. My name is Herman Fuller. I'm what you might call an entertainer. You see, I used to run a circus, the circus, in fact, but 
I moved on to bigger and better things, but now that I found that satisfaction I was looking for, I'm itching to get back in the business. Have you, have you heard of my work that the circus, to this day, it is still called Herman Fuller's Circus of the Disquieting? I'm I gonna, heard it is still quite famous. I'm going to stop you right there, Mr. Fuller. I'm not interested in joining any circus. Oh, no, 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 of course not. I just want to have a chat. See, I doubt the Foundation wants you to know anything about this circus. But my circus, well, see, it's not mine anymore, and I'm looking for help. It's, it's under new management, and they're refusing to let me back into my rightful spot as ringmaster. Cruel, is it not, Miss Onyas? The darn thing has my name on it, for crying out loud. And that is why I need your help. If you agree to help me get back my circus, I will not bother you or your family even even though you all would make a great opening act. The Fly High Hobbies? Ah, oh, no, that, that could use some work. But I digress. I'll, of course, have control of my circus and all of my employees, however. Tell you what, just to sweeten the deal, I'll help you remember. Remember what? Uh, that's not how this works. If I tell you, then you don't need help remembering, do you? What is it exactly that I would be doing to help you? Ah, that's not a part of the deal either, Miss Anyas. I just need to get back to my circus and get back in control. And I will have control of my employees and of my circus. As long as you ensure that, I don't care about the means. So let me get this straight. You come to me as a stranger asking me to help you with your circus without telling me the details of what I'll be doing or what I'll be given if I do help you out? Well, that's not far off. I can guarantee the information I have for you is to die for. Hmm, don't like that. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm not too surprised with that. It's not entirely unexpected. I mean, the offer still stands. Yeah, you may take my card if you change your mind. Just give me a call. Ah, it is unfortunate, though. I'm certain your sister will be very disappointed to find out that you do not remember her. He begins to slowly fade from existence as he lets out a cruel cackle. <laughs> As his figure is fully dissipated, you realize that alarms have been blaring the entire time that you were having a conversation with him. And as he is gone, your ears are immediately met with the alarms. Dr. Miller rushes into the room, and you hear over the loudspeakers that... Several containment breach events have occurred within the site. Dr. Miller rushes you off to a more secure location on the site. And once more, we'll jump back to Miles. Miles, once you picked out all of your baseball cards, you eventually took your mother's advice and 
laid down on the bed, although you doubted you'd get any sleep just because you were so excited to show your friends all your baseball cards. But somehow you did manage to drift off, maybe just briefly, and you have a dream. You wake up sitting on a park bench, and your eyes take a while to adjust to the bright sun sitting before you. As your eyes get used to the brightness of the area, uh, you don't hear any birds chirping, leaves rustling or anything, but you do realize you're outside sitting before a grassy field. There's a distant tree line uh, that cuts off the horizon, and it's very quiet. The only sound that you hear is a light inhale sniffle that comes from uh, the opposite end of the bench from you, uh, where you see a man sitting casually in a uh, Cold War era business dress suit is seated. Um, I think Miles is going to sort of look around and uh, stand up off the bench a little bit and look around, see if anybody else is around. And seeing that there's not, turn to the gentleman in the suit and... um. Who who are you? Hmm? Oh, um hmm. I I think I went by Tony or Richard or something last time. Um let, let's go with Simon. That one sounds good. Um La- last time? I've not dreamed yeah, about I've... you before, I don't think. Unless it was one of those that I didn't wake up in and I don't really remember it. Um Yeah, no, Miles, it wasn't it wasn't you. It was another person within the foundation. I, I do this from time to time. Anyway, I'm just here to give you a bit of a warning and some advice. If you'll take it, that is. Um, no, oh, what the heck? I mean, it, I guess it, this is my dream. Sure, so, sure? This is a dream, right? I don't remember falling asleep on a bench. Mm, more or less, I guess. Miles looks at his hands because he heard that, like, if you look at your hands, you can start lucid dreaming. So he looks at his hands, and then he st- starts, like, really concentrating on flying. Uh, you look at your hands. You have hands, but you can't fly. Ah, crap. I'm not really in control here, am I? Uh, not really. Uh, I don't, not entirely sure I am either, but... Just uh, seems to be works. a lot of that going around lately. Yeah. Um, so what is it you wanted to tell me, I guess? Oh, yeah. Uh, warning. Uh, what would, Yeah. So you, you got a storm coming. The circus is coming to town, and they're not a big fan of the SCP crowd. Okay, I've never been to a circus before, just a baseball game. Oh, not a circus. The circus. Just tell your mom that, she'll know what it means. As he begins to mention the circus, uh, you realize that a red big top tent and many carnival game stands, vending stalls and such that you'd see at a circus have popped up in the field before you. Well, they'll, uh, they'll let you and your friends in, but uh, they'll bug out if anyone else from the foundation gets too close. Your friends need to get in there, but you'll fail. They'll fail without you. You have to do whatever you can to get in there or they will be lost. 
It'll lead to several events of humanity crumbling, yada yada, uh, apocalypse, whatever. You gotta get in there, kid. Uh, oh, and uh, tell your mother you had to talk with 990. She'll know what that means, too. I thought you said your name was Simon. You're awake. Uh, and you are sitting upright on the end of your bed. In your left hand, you're holding four admission tickets to Herman Fuller's Circus of the Disquieting, along with a business card from Herman Fuller. In his right hand, there is an extra ticket and a note written in the same shade of red as the big top red that you just saw in your dream. The note reads, Hey, kiddo. Looked like you were a bit busy, so I left you a note. These old tickets here should still be good for getting you and those four young adults in. There's a spare here, in case you have any trouble. Have a fun day at the circus. Signed, H.F. P.S. If you see Manny, tell him I'm coming. I uh, Miles is going to finish reading that, and I think he's going to kind of look around. Are the alarms going off in my room? Yes, the alarms are blaring that there are several uh, containment breach events All right. occurring. I think he's going to take the tickets and fold them up and sort of stuff them into his deck of cards to kind of hide them. And um, shove those sort of in his back pocket, uh, grab his baseball bat and his skateboard, and open the door. Mom, the alarms are going off again! All content relating to the SCP Foundation, including the SCP Foundation logo, is licensed under the Creative Commons Sharealike 3.0, and all concepts originate from the SCP Wiki and its authors. Please see scp-wiki.net for all the original content. For all SCPs used and referenced within our episodes, please see our page on the SCP Foundation Wiki. You can find us at scp-wiki.net slash scp-play-podcast-hub, which is also linked on our anchor page. Thank you to Michael Winton for all the music that we use in our show, and thank you for listening.